Well, good evening, everybody. It is a perfect day for the Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right. I'm Jimmy Palumbo, your host. Of course, we got Chris Gucci behind the glass, and we got Dave Sturcio way back in the corner of our studios. He's working on his iPhone. He's a busy man trying to run this business, and he acts like he listens to my show, but he really doesn't. And this is show number 22. And, uh, of course, listen... You know I'm not going to use Emmett Smith. Anybody who knows me knows that's not happening. Uh, I'm not going to use Mike Schmidt either because I can't. I don't really like the Phillies. Roger Clemens is a jerk-off. Jacoby Ellsbury, another jerk-off. I think 22 might be the jerk-off number where everybody's a jerk-off. Um, I was going to maybe go with Don't You Know, Robbie Cano, but he's a jerk-off too. Um, I was going to go with Jimmy Key, who I thought was one of the best pitchers Yankees have had. My dad loved Jimmy Key. So did I. You know, he looked like a wiffle ball pitcher. I loved it. Um, I was going to do Jerry Mumphrey. Somebody's driving off the road right now. He played from 81 to 83. I was going to, you know, just thinking about my dad, Allie Reynolds. Um, I was going to do maybe Elgin Baylor or my brother's favorite player, Dave DeBusher, who he thinks was the difference maker with the Knicks in 69 and 73. But again, our listening audience is 12, so they don't remember Dave DeBusher. As uh, someone just comes flying into my office, he's with trying food. to he's trying to bring you your, your chicken Caesar wrap. This plate, you know, first of all, let's be real. You though. know what I want to have? I want to have a respectometer. Can we do that? <laughs> Where so when Jimmy Plumber goes well, on the air, is he being respected? Honestly, me, he and, comes me, and, me and you did speak about having the yeah. door locked door and like, nobody else in the room that's not paying attention, and that's why you asked me no, right first of all, on the spot first of all, just now. Do you he, want he's Dave coming in the room? with like, a chicken salad Caesar sandwich? He's going to come ripping in here, disrupting, knocking shit I over. think what it was was that you ordered one. Yeah, I ordered a sandwich and paid for it. And paid and for it. And a little extra for the, for, the, for the kids. All right. And, I, got, I got my $7 And typically check. what happens is when somebody goes to get food for you and they come back with, the, with said food, they give but it to you. He doesn't hear that we're doing the podcast? Well, he heard as soon as he opened the door. Bring him in. We what's, could be talking. What's his name? What's his name AJ. AJ. Come on in the room now. AJ. AJ. Come on in. We got, we got some... Um... This is a great way to start the podcast. Always. I'm now just going to yell at AJ for having absolutely no regard for show number He doesn't even bring in the rat. Look, <laughs> you just open the door in the middle of my show like you're wearing an awful med hat, which is worse, and then you're wearing a soccer shirt. You have, a, you have absolutely no, no respect for me right now, but... You had no respect for me. Come flying in, like what would Howard Stern do? What would Imus do? You know what I mean? It's, what if, what would you guys do in the middle of your Facebook Live thing that started today? If someone came flying in the room, what? Honestly, I would just probably do exactly what you're doing. I would talk a lot of shit and I would make the best of it. But also, I wouldn't be as hard on the intern for giving you your. But your I'm the li- I'm the intern liaison. That yeah, that's, been, that is a valid point. He's here because of me indirectly because we were one for one with Pete. Who is like considered, no matter what you do, Pete's always going to be better than you. Because Pete was the first one. So I brought in the AJ best AJ doesn't intern. have a voice right now. I brought in, of course he does. He's not going to have one either. I, I brought in the best intern ever. But he was, it's like Babe Ruth. He had a home run. Really loves Babe Ruth. You're like, I don't know, like a Johnny Mize now. At this, another guy's driving off the road. But first thing, did you get my uh, chicken Caesar salad? Wrap. Awfulness wrap. Because I'm trying to lose weight because I'm a fat bastard. You got it? Yep. Okay. All right. That's Hopefully, all. by the time you're done recording your podcast, it's soggy lettuce, and you get a shitty version of that. Chicken that's okay season wrap. because the podcast. Is you could bring soggy. in my slice though, because I'll eat it right in front of Jimmy's okay, face. Now then I'm, you do that. I'm <laughs> going to do it after the show. I'm not going to actually okay. eat on. You this know show. what? The name of the show is now called the Jimmy Palumbo Semi-Professional Show. We're putting the word "semi" in front of it. I'm not actually going to eat Look it right at you, now. But a greasy slice of pizza in my. You, 
You're wearing a shitty Yankee hat that your mother bought at Kohl's. He's wearing a shitty Met hat, and he's wearing a Yankee hat, which is a professional hat. Interlocking NY, that's all we need. But he's not going to pay attention for the next hour. And he's wearing a, a even though the cowboy shirt is, is awful, it just says Dallas Cowboys on it. No, so it doesn't. It, it doesn't. What does it say underneath it? Oh, that's creepy right there. <laughs> that's horrific. That's how funny is that? It's awful. So, uh, so what mine's going to say, Chop Sports Media, media member. Like, what, what, what am I a member of? It's a joke. Chop Sports. No, it's not. You like it. You like it. But, it's going to say okay. Chop Sports intern Okay, liaison. but it's creepy. It's creepy. But it says the name of the team. So if he walks up, I know he's a fan. You walk in and I think... Well, does he have a, a son that's like 12 and he grabbed his hat walking out? Uh, it, it, Definitely it's don't like, have a son like that's a gray, 12. It's got that I know on it. Um, anyway, so. Uh, number I'm 22. It's show number 22. You're I not going to do Mike Schmidt. You're not going to do jerk yes. off people. Um, I was, I, I'm not basketball. I'm not going to do Elgin Baylor and Dave DeBusher. And nobody in the audience knows who they are. Look them up. But I'm going to go with. Now, everybody knows I love Jim Gordon alongside. Dick Lynch. Dick Lynch was actually a very good linebacker for the New York Giants in the 50s, and he did the Yankee uh, Giant broadcast for years, and it was Jim, Jim Gordon alongside Dick Lynch. Football Giants are on the air. So this is show number 22, the Dick Lynch Show. God rest his soul. Um, and uh, he wasn't that good of an announcer, but I liked him because he was like a mad dog kind of guy. He didn't sound good, but he was like, he gave good advice and stuff like that. So this is number 22, the Dick Lynn Show. Anybody who used to grow up listening to Jim Gordon do the uh, giant games in the 80s, 70s, and 80s will know who Dick Lynch is. Of course, I was thinking about going with Flippy Sparks, but I didn't. Anyway, so that's I, it. I go new school. You always go old school. Okay. So I go new school. Semi, semi. So who's your new school guy? Well, this is definitely new school, but typically I go semi-new school. Semi. But this was Chris Middleton, Mr. Midrange, just ca helped carry the Bucks to an NBA title. Going to educate your... Okay, so you're going to do the number 22, the Chris Middleton Show. The Chris Middleton Show. Okay. I'm willing to... See, now, I don't think enough people know who... That, I think well, that's what people, we're doing here. We're educating. Okay. First of all, if anybody watched the NBA Finals, they know okay. who Chris Middleton is by now. They should. I think more people know who Jerry Mumphrey is who played in the Yankees. <laughs> well, maybe listening to your show, maybe. <laughs> all right. Chris Middleton, he did have a couple of key jumpers in the game. I do remember that. So that's it. Show number 22... Jerry Mumphrey and Chris Middleton. <laughs> I just want to. Let's get a couple of things uh, out of the way. I'm not going to bash the Cowboys because I got a friend of mine who thinks I bashed the Mets and the Cowboys. Now, I just bashed the Mets, but it was more that it was a shitty Met hat because I just bashed the Yankees with your shitty hat. Um, uh, we got to discuss preseason games. Now, anybody who says they watch preseason games... I think maybe the FBI and IRS should be notified. There's something wrong with you. That that thing that was on last Thursday, I think it was called the brutal. We had this conversation. We had this conversation. Well, the Hall of Fame game. Okay, yeah. I'm glad. Oh, you, and I'm I, glad. I know. I I talk shit. I, you know okay. how I know you don't listen because well, I talk so much shit about you on the podcast that if if you ever did listen, it would go okay. Within one second, you all, would be texting. You must have you must have talked about that Friday, so I didn't listen to your show Friday. Because the game was Thursday, so I've missed one show and you're giving me shit? Okay? You guys have five shows, you're up by three in downloads. It's just like, it's like, can you imagine if I was on the air every day, it would be like, Sky Jam. I'm, I'm taking over the whole fucking thing. T-shirts, downloads, it's ridiculous. Well, the only way I'm going to win the T-shirt is if my sister buys more shirts. <laughs> I think my sister's going to send me a bill for like $500 for all the shirts she bought. 
Um, but no, this preseason football thing. I first of all, I, I it, it was worse, you know, before COVID. But I think COVID now, like nobody, there's nobody there. Like the, the teams well, are. I also the think that we there. saw last year with the COVID thing that we didn't actually need a preseason to have you a don't. season and because they also, didn't have one. Now and it I was know, fine. Now I know there used to be a strategy of like, um, you want to see what some of the rookies are doing, but to me it's not really fair because it, it, they're not set up in. Even though it's a game, you, you, you're not seeing. You know, you're seeing backup quarterbacks, third string quarterbacks. Uh, it, it's it's just not. It's almost like a scrimmage within a scrimmage. If a rookie does well against the other team's third string players, it's not really giving you an indicator. Exactly. You right. want him to get his roles down. You want him to understand the offense, things like that. I understand for position battles. No, I guess you need it for a coach to decide. What they should do is but, just but do situations. It's, it's like, unwatchable. They should just do situations. Like if you watch the Packers scrimmage the Packers or the Rutgers red and white right. game or whatever they call it. Yeah, the Jets. Where just they just put. A, the, they don't actually. Run a clock, and then they just put them in situations. Okay, offense on the field for ten plays. Defense, they should really just do that. I, I just don't get the. Uh, uh, maybe I think there really should only be one pre. I think it should be like a scrimmage kind of game, then one preseason game, and then a scrimmage kind of game right before the season. What's starts. the only thing you look for after a preseason of your team played is over? Nobody got hurt. That's it. That's it. That's I the know. one and now, the only probably, stat that I care about. Maybe we'll have AJ since he's doing nothing but bringing us food here. I'll have him look up who, how many teams have won the Super Bowl that have gone zero and four or one and three, or who in the last ten years has had the best preseason record and not a good regular season. You could just look at who has the best preseason records throughout the league, and then just kind of draw your Random own conclusion. Teams. Yeah, you could draw your own conclusion. It like has the Lions no, may be good. It ha- exactly, it has no bearing whatsoever. Okay. I want to do away with them. Um, I just, I, it's just awful. I also want to give a shout out to uh, Ray the Barber in Ramsey, New Jersey, because he cut my hair the other day, and he's the fastest barber I've ever seen. Literally, and I don't have much to cut, so I know, you know, we're down from like you know eleven minutes now. My hair is going away, so it could be done. But he does it in like sixty-five seconds, and he tells jokes, and he's funny, and he gets the job done. This is not an ad. This is not a live read. I just told him I'd give a shout out to Ray the Barber. On show number twenty-two, and um, and that's it. Like I said, uh, preseason awful. Ray the barber, great job, fast haircut. Is that the name of his place, Ray the barber? Ray, Ray the Ray's barbershop, but he's Ray, Ray the barbershop, whatever. I was at least trying to give him a semi-moderate well, live read. So if there is Ramsey, a listener, if you're in Ramsey, go visit the guy. He's right by the uh, um, right by the post office over there. He does a good job, um, but. Uh, so of course I got a phone call from my boy Pete, and he's telling me like my his live read is way too towards the end of the show. Okay, and I'm like, no, dude, my listeners listen all the way through. I'm probably lying there, aren't I? So you know what? We decided to go with Stop Restoration. That's right, Pete A. Bean, good buddy of mine. He owns Stop Restoration, which is a remediation service due to water damage, fire damage, smoke damage, mold damage. They clean everything. From hoarding to animal animal infestation, all that stuff. They're locally owned, even though it's a complete national franchise, so they know what they're doing. It's owned by my boy Pete. They do uh, residential businesses, all kinds of stuff. Your sump pump overflows is an issue there. They take care of that. 732-812-4236. They're uh, based out of Edison, but they will go all over. They even do biohazard cleanup. 
especially like if you go out drinking and you go to White Castle, that could be a biohazard cleanup there. Uh, they're quick to inspect. You call them, they get there right away. They have 24-hour emergency services, so you call them, they really get there right away. Because sometimes if you don't stop the water from start getting them fans going, you can really get mold and all that. Um, you can find them at www.stop-edison.com. That's stop-edison.com. Their phone number, 732-812-4236. Tell them Jimmy Palumbo sent you. And tell Pete I said hello, even though he never calls me. I'm doing ads for him. And it's, again, an awesome remediation service. They'll come clean. When you get those bad leaks, those bad water things, you got to call these guys. They make it happen. 732-812-4236. So, yes, really briefly, the Yankees one of are winning now. That's fine. Um, they lost yesterday in an awful game. Every You realize that the Yankees always suck on Sundays? Dave over there working. Every time I come in on Monday to do my show, the Yankees have something. Usually it's catatastrophic. Yeah, they they only have, I think, three sweeps this whole yeah, they season. Always but shit they're, to bed. They've been in line to sweep about 14 different times. The last game is on Sunday, so they can't finish the Right, but, but Sundays have been like catastrophic games. Yeah. But now last night, yesterday wasn't catastrophic. It was just really horrific they television. Did. They had like two hits and nothing good happened there. So the Yankees are winning, but they sucked yesterday. Um, Mets are You're splitting hairs right now with the Mets Yankees. Mets are in They're, big trouble. They got guys hurt. Um, of course, the Yankees with the COVID as well, between the COVID and the injuries themselves. The Mets just, I don't know, they're just really, the, God, they seem like the same old Mets. I didn't think that was going to happen this year. Um, I you want to talk about optics now? Yeah, the optics for the Mets this certainly doesn't look good. But maybe, maybe, I don't know. I just, I refuse to believe they're going to just be like 11 games out. I just... I just don't. Well, don't DeGrom's think. not looking like he might come. He might not come back at all. That's not something I know. I'm not a doctor. Well, but DeGrom, I, they keep pushing him back, pushing him I back. I think DeGrom is, you got to remember, a guy like that pitches every, you know, five days. So I think he's part of the slide, and I have not having him there. By far the best pitcher in baseball the last four years. And just the Mets are in a slide, and it just, it's just, it's, uh, I don't know if they're going to bounce back. But maybe with the new ownership and a new. The Mets got the, the Dodgers and the Giants coming up next week. Out west, I think. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, you think, you know, oh, you know, you bounce back with a couple of big games. But I'm not so sure on them. Um, I would love to find out what the uh, what his wife thinks. Um, I would love to do a podcast called What Does Cohen's Wife Think? That's the podcast. He just, like I said, we've had this discussion. His wife's a huge med fan. Can you imagine coming home in the driveway with your briefcase? <laughs> like... His wife's pissed at him. Like I bought you, first of all, imagine that first conversation. Hey, honey, I bought you a gift. Yeah. What? The Mets. The Mets, right? <laughs> right. And That's now, one. Now the Mets have lost like eight out of nine or whatever. Like, he, he's not getting laid at home right now. You got to assume that. Because you got to figure that she's giving him shit for why they suck. But it's not really his fault. But anyway, I digress on Cohen. Um, so, yeah, that's really the only state. The Olympics are over. Uh, I Listen, all you nine people that watch, that's cool. Um, again, we know I'm taking over the Olympics. There'll only be six sports. <laughs> And uh, now we got to worry about the Winter Olympics in China. Oh, that's going to be fun. You think there'll be any political stuff going on with China and the Olympics coming up in the winter? I don't think so. But we don't do a political show, so I'm going to shut my mouth. But uh, anyway, I you know before before the show we were kidding around about something, and one of the one of the interns talked about how many times he he, he did something, and uh, I started thinking of about I don't know seven eight years no more than that. 15 years ago, before, uh, 15 years ago, 
Uh, I'm on the phone late at night. I'm in Los Angeles. And we started talking about old girlfriends and stuff like that. And I, I mentioned something to my buddy. And he goes, oh, my God, you were with her? And I was like, yeah, you don't remember that guy? We went out for a couple months, blah, blah, blah. So he looks at me. He had a buzz on. And he was even Jersey at the time. I'm in L.A. And he goes, well, what's your number? I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, what's your I know what you mean already. He's like, what's your number? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, he goes, well, how, many, how many women have you slept with? That's called a body count okay, now. We call it number. Anyway, I'm old. So I go, dude, I'm like, dude, I'm I'm not gonna. I don't know. I don't even. I don't even. I don't, you know. I, I have to think about that for a second. You know. Blah blah blah. So, we talk a little bit longer. We get off the phone. So I go to bed. I'm laying in my bed, staring at the ceiling, right. And now I'm like, "What's my number? What is?" It? So I start going through, and it got to the point where I got to like four, and I suddenly couldn't realize. I was like, "Wait a minute!" I had to like get up. I had to literally get. I had to get up, and. uh and, and completely like get a notepad out and I'm going through names like wait a minute and then all of a sudden I knew no names I was like girl from Vermont <laughs> it was like a total but so it took me I was up for like two and a half hours racking my brain I finally got to my number did you get a pen and paper out I totally did yeah, absolutely I totally did. but here's the best thing it wasn't like by the way I'm not saying I'm a ladies man I was prolific but I was older and I was single for a long time so you know a la Gardner, I was like a little bit of a compiler. A little compiler. I'm the, I'm the Don Sutton of getting laid. And uh, that's such a great joke. Somebody else is driving off the road. But I'm like, I'm like, so the next day he calls me up. And I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? He goes, what, two and a half hours? How, how, long, how long did you stay up? Because someone had done that to him the night before. So he already knew. So he knew that I was going to be like thinking about it. So I think that is so funny. So every now and then I go up to somebody, hey, what's your number? And they'll be like, ah, I'm not going to tell you, whatever. The key is though, you never reveal the number because that's not the fun part of it. The fun part of it is that you actually have to think and go back and you forget. Um, you forget sometimes. And that's not saying that I'm disrespectful to anybody. <laughs> you just, no, you just, just saying you're forget. old. I'm old and I forget different stuff. Um, and then you forget like, did I get thrown out of third? Did I, did I score on a wild pitch? Sometimes maybe you'll, of, sometimes maybe you'll give yourself a base hit, yeah, even though that. even though it was a fielder's choice. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You really got. There should be a board of number where they you actually have to explain yourself whether or not you got the win or not because sometimes you know you can go into a differential where it's like no, that what? was a no decision. But no. my buddy came in to close it out for That's me. It. That's right. So you can you may not get the win, but. Uh, Anyway, that always made me laugh. The other thing I was thinking about was uh, I was laughing at, uh, I, was, I went to an ATM on uh, Friday to get some cash. And um, years ago, when the kind of ATMs were, they were out for a while, my mother and father were going to a wedding, okay? And so it was Saturday morning. And my father was the kind of guy that he gets up at 8 o'clock, puts the suit on. The wedding's not till 5. He's dressed, suit, ready to go to the wedding. My mother's complete opposite. She's a night owl. She gets up 10 or 11 o'clock. She has her coffee. Then she starts to get ready. She put like her slip on and she had like a, a, a shirt over her like, you know, like if she was halfway getting ready. She put a little makeup on, but she didn't finish it. She's, you know, cleaning up the kitchen, doing stuff like that. So she tells my father, Artie, you got to go, got to go to the bank. We're in Colonia there. We're in a bank off Roosevelt there. Go to the bank, go to the ATM, and get my uh, and get you know I think it was like two hundred dollars for the for the bride and groom. My parents were doing the old cash in the envelopes, a way to go. So my father was like, "Oh, what are you talking about? We should have did this yesterday. I was at the bank yesterday. I don't know that bank over there. He's yelling and screaming. Should have did this. No reason for it." 
So she hands him a card. Now I'm downstairs, like hung over on the couch, watching like a bad Yankee game or something like that. I could care less. And uh, I hear them, but I'm giggling. Like my, my mother's making my father do something he doesn't want to do. My mother's walking around with half makeup on and her slip and this like shawl over her uh, over her chest, you know. And they're running around yelling about this wedding. So I hear him. I hear him say. I hear my mother say to my father, "Take the card," and the password is Giants. Okay. So the bank is literally 300 yards away from our house. So if you count walking outside, getting in the car, two or three minute drive, parking, walking in. Another, so he, the, the whole thing should have taken 20 minutes max. That's even, should have been 15 minutes. So five minutes goes by, 10 minutes goes by, 15 minutes goes by, 20 minutes go by. I'm half dozing on the couch, might have been thinking about it. I hear my mother go, Artie, Artie. And then she's like, Jimmy, is your father home yet? I'm like, no, he didn't come in because he always came through the garage door, right where I was, uh, where, I, where the couch was. And I'm, uh, I go, no, Ma, I didn't come in yet. So half hour. I was like, now it's like 35 minutes. And my mother knew. My father was one of those guys. You tell him to go to the supermarket to get eggs. He goes into the supermarket, gets eggs, comes back with just the eggs. He doesn't look around, see if we need milk. He was like, you give my father an assignment, he takes care of it. So, She's like, where'd he go? It's been it's been like 35 minutes now. He should have been back already. So I'm like, I don't know. Is this pre-cell phone days? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. So then uh, I hear my father come busting in the door, okay? But he came in the front door, which is, you know, I don't really know. And I hear him. He's all aggravated. Oh, Eileen, no reason for that. We should have did this, you know, blah, blah, blah. My, my mother goes, well, all right, did you get it? Did you get it? He goes, no, 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 I wasn't working over there. People can hear me. And I, I, the guy was trying to get my password. And so my mother's looking at him. And he's like, uh, Artie, what do you mean people can hear you? He goes, yeah, the one guy was trying to help me do it. I didn't know how to work the machine. And uh, yeah, I was pushing him back. I didn't want him to hear me. And the guy was looking at me weird. There was a long line. There was 10 people yelling at me. I was getting, I don't know what the hell was going on. I was cursing you out, blah, blah, blah. I said, I don't want the guy to know my password. That's no good. So my mother's like, hear your password. My father shoved the card in and then whispered into the machine, Giants, Giants. <laughs> okay. So my mother, my mother freezes. Now this part, I was, I was like walking up the steps listening. My mother was like, Artie, you got to hit the keypad. What are you doing? You be screaming at him top of her lung. How stupid can you be? Don't you let it? You? Uh, and now my father's getting flustered now. Well, we should have did this during the week. That's your job. You should have told me I would have had the money for the envelope, blah, blah, blah. So at this point, I'm upstairs with my mother at this point. He's at the at the foyer in this bi-level we lived in, the only place I lived in. And uh, he, he's getting like, now he's getting all fired up, flustered, because he he's, he doesn't understand. He followed the instructions. So he's like, she's like, Artie, you, you punch it in. And so my father's like, ah, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. He, head down, he heads down the stairs. And, all, and then he says this. He goes, all I know is when I was in Korea and I asked you for your password and you didn't say paperclip, I blew your fucking head off. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my mother were crying. Literally, my, I was laying on the carpet crying. My father, he was aggravated for three days. He didn't want to go to the wedding. He wanted to cancel it. So I, that to me is such a classic. My dad with the ATM. Uh, <laughs> I just find that so fucking funny. Um, and uh, anyway, so I wanted to share that with you guys. I think that's a funny story. 
My dad always makes me laugh um, with stuff like it, or did make me laugh. I miss him terribly, as some of you know. And now we're at the point in our lives now on Facebook, my age, it seems like every day someone's dad's dying or mom's dying. It's like Facebook to me is to find out. This should be renamed Facebook slash Where the Wake Is. That's the name of that thing. It's awful. You hear about it. And then I make mistakes now. I look at names and women from high school, they change. They've been married so long, they don't use their own name anymore. So you hear the Diane, you know, so-and-so. Diane Smith. Or they're divorced it. and they're back to their old name. And you don't know all of a sudden, like, who the hell is this? And, you know, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm flying through. I got like 4,000 friends on Facebook. And then I'm like, oh, man, that's so-and-so. I, you know, she doesn't use, she's been married since she's 21. And she's, you know. So, uh, but at least you say, send a note. I never know what to say. You can't look like. I just like that your dad died. I know. I've, I've had. And then, then you got to write, so sorry. And then you R.I.P. Maybe the prayer hands. I, and then you read everybody's quotes. They're all the same. <laughs> to me, thing. it's obligatory, and I don't even partake. So you just don't say. I anything. just don't say anything. Right. So everyone thinks I'm a jerk. Off. I usually send. But a, I also I send a personal message. But if I'm going to do something, I'll do that. But I also don't post anything like that on my end either. So if somebody close to me happened, something happened to them, I'm not I saying did. it. I did though, and my dad died. That's and different. I did get a lot of nice responses. Um, but I started giggling that. Oh I'm just God. not good with that stuff, so I kind of just steer clear of it. I don't want people to say happy birthday to me. I really don't care. Yeah, the birth well, the birthday thing has gotten out of control. Um, and then, then you have to yeah, thank I re- everybody. I removed my birthday. Then you have too. to like everybody that sends you a happy birthday. Um, just trying to enjoy my day. Yes. Not trying yes. to have a a chore because right. it's my birthday. Then you get the ones happy birthday to my wife, my rock, my strength. And I'm like, wait a minute. I was out with Bill at the bar yesterday, and he was ripping on his wife, calling her a pain in the ass. Like now, all of a sudden, she's a rock and all that. So I think guys have to have to lie on Facebook sometimes. Um, anyway, some guys are like, "Oh shit, I just sent a note to my wife." But um, as I sit here, like, oh yeah, I, some guys definitely. I wouldn't say I'm lying, but I would say that in some cases you're put up to it. Right. Because it's not typically the style that I go about doing, doing things. It. Right. So but if you don't do it, then like you didn't say anything on Facebook exactly. and everybody everybody thinks you're a jerk off. But um but everybody thinks you're a jerk off anyway, of course. But sometimes you get confused. You don't know whether you're saying condolences or happy birthday. So someone someone turns seventy five and you write, So sorry, R I P But I do agree with birthday. you with the liking the terrible event. Right. It's like what do you do that? There should be a. Even I, worse I think on, now they have the little crying thing. Yeah, but even but that's worse. An extra step. Even worse on Instagram. There's only a love. There's no right. like dislike. Like you know, you can only love it. Right. I think there should be a button that says jerk off. So if like a cowboy fan posts something stupid, I can just hit the jerk off button. How great would that be? There'd be nothing wrong with that. Or if somebody gets up in the middle of your podcast and walks out, walks of, the room, out of the room and you during hit a jerk my off podcast. Button. Yeah. Uh, somebody brings in food during my podcast. Well, I'm not eating it, although it is. I'm, I'm so hoping. I, I think this respect o meter is going to be. I'm going to set it up with my electrician, um, and we're going to set it up here so that when I'm on the air and someone walks in, we get the respect meter can because I'm getting no respect here, even though I'm st- I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to win all categories. Even though we here. we we put our operations on hold today, so Jimmy could come in and do his live audition, and yeah, we got first of we all, moved the time slots around because Jimmy's got to go to a wedding at time out. two p.m. on a fucking putting, Monday. First of all, first of all, putting your operations on hold might be the single funniest <laughs> things you've ever said. 
putting the operation. I'm glad you so like now it. people think here we're like the CNN newsroom going on here. Okay, bro, we had the. You okay, didn't see what all, was I, happening this all, morning. You can't, in, you can't in get a studio. volleyball game going here. Okay, it's just it's three guys, four guys trying to figure out what to eat next. Poor Dave's eating eggs uh, made from home now because you know he spent seven thousand dollars on pizza in the last four months. Yeah, we had to we had to trim some of the numbers. Some of the numbers you're cutting down. Looking at the you guys are t- sharpening the pencil. Well, our biggest you? expense besides rent is. It's pizza. food, pizza. Right. That's a bad you, thing. Listen, the intern's got to eat at least. Yeah. You got to feed them. So I actually bought lunch today. Well, not all of it, but most yeah. of it. Twenty dollars is <laughs> Jimmy enough. threw threw a. I gave you twenty dollars for the kids. I do it for the kids. But I I've eaten some of you, but I always wait till after the last slice is sitting there. I'm respectful of that. But um, nobody ever wants to eat the last slice. I'll actually give you credit for that because you could have a hundred donuts sitting there. They'll go in one minute. No. Donuts the last good. donut, no one wants to eat. Donuts. The last slice, no one wants to eat. No one wants to ever take the last of something. Uh, donut, I'll just take the last donut and say, especially if it's that cinnamon one. I like donuts that have absolutely all chemicals. The more organic a bad food, the more organic it is, the more I hate it. So if you're gonna like, if you you have a donut, yeah. I want it to be hundred percent nothing natural. I don't know if there's flour. Like I want to feel like shit after that. Exactly donut. right. I don't want to have an organic. Uh, milk, skim milk, fat. I want, I want cream in the donut. I want full organic, non-organic sugar. That's the way I am with sugar. coffee. If I, I want my coffee exactly how I want it. I don't want it to be this. Oh, you got to try it black, or there's no sugar, no cream. No, I'm giving. Give me my coffee how I like it. Exactly. That's right. the one exception. There's one thing I won't make an exception for. It's, you, it's coffee. You, it's coffee. I agree. I got to have coffee a certain way. Mine is a uh, cream, no sugar. I'm a half and half guy. I don't trust people that are skim. Anybody put skim milk? See, I can have this discussion right now. People that put skim milk in their coffee, what's the point? Just go black. I agree. What are you doing? You put it in first. It of makes all, it like a shitty color. It, ma- it makes it a bad color. You got to put a whole gallon of milk to even make it nearly white. Whereas a little half and half. And then people have the balls to tell me, oh, Jimmy, if you're trying to lose weight, you know that half and half. I'm like, really, really? That one teaspoon or a tablespoon of half and half. That's the reason why I'm a fat bastard. Not the three slices I had the other day. Not, not the, the four beers I had. Yeah, please. It's the half and half. I don't think so. We're on the I, flip side of that. When my my father will be like. Um, the doctor told me I could drink a glass of wine a, a day. It's not. It's healthy. Right. Well, a gallon. A gallon of it. Of Cavit yeah, for $10 isn't exactly a glass. I admit, there's nothing better than the 1.5 liter uh, $16.99 bottle of wine during the pandemic. I'm at the point now where when I see a regular bottle of wine, I think they look cute like something you get on a plane. Because I'm, I'm only... <laughs> I'm all used to the big, the big right-hander, and everybody. There's a guy at the Ramsey Liquors always tells me, "Oh, that's the cheap stuff." I'm like, "Yeah, it's exactly because to me, like Cabot Woodbridge. Yeah, it's gonna be gone tomorrow. I'm not. (laughs) What are we doing here? It's all shit. I'm not collecting. Uh, I put ice in my wine now. I have aged. When it comes to my wine drink, I'm aging in dog years. I'm like a 95 year old Italian man, little ice in a red wine. Um, But I'm digressing here. So, (laughs) but still. so anyway, yeah, I agree with you on the coffee thing. You gotta. Um, and how about the people that don't drink coffee in the morning, but they have like a can of Coke? They make the, people that do that. They have a can of soda in the morning, and they go, yeah, "Well, it's caffeine." Like, no, it it is. There's caffeine in it, but that's not like like. I can't really drink soda at all. Neither can I, but it's certainly not going to have it in the morning. The only time I drink sodas, if I ate too much and I want to like burp it out a little bit, I'll have a can of Coke. Some, yeah, like a slice of pizza. And a, and a can exactly. of soda it's That's nice. just something That Once brings you back To childhood Once Where you do something in like that In the morning If I gave you a can of coke In the morning What would you do I'd throw it? up It's awful It's awful 
Anyway, all right. Well, we all know what this time is. Um, now time for our segment, the most brilliantly named segment in the history of the world, Jimmy's Bookings. That's right. Jimmy's Bookings is sponsored by Absolute Eyewear. Getting involved here. Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937. Craig and Janine Mashaud, family-owned brother and sister, both licensed opticians. Craig's my right center fielder. You all know that. Um, of course, we don't play anymore. I still It's funny. We don't play anymore. I still call my uh, right center fielder. They are a full-service optical place. They got everything over there. Prescription eyewear, prescription sunglasses, non-prescription sunglasses, safety glasses, sports glasses, motorcycle glasses, glasses for the kids getting involved, contacts, eye exams, they got everything. They got glasses for every budget, including mine and yours, which is zero. Did you get your glasses there yet? Do I look like I have them on? No, you don't have them on. So you know, well, you will get them there because you can't see a damn thing. I can, you could tell, right? Yeah, I could tell. You struggle when I, when I watch you. That same thing happened to me. It has nothing to do with me not being able to catch fly balls in the outfield. Well, though. You can't see. So Craig, listen to me. Craig, it's very intimate. When Chris comes in, tell him he stinks in softball and get him right glasses so he can catch a fly ball next year. And I predict he's going to have a big comeback year because he he was awful this year. They got discounts for seniors, Blue Cross, Blue Seal, AARP. Now. They got $100 off a complete pair of prescription sunglasses when you mention the Jimmy Palumbo Show. Key phrase, complete pair, frames and lenses, and please bring in a little photo from the internet so they can put it on the window so when you walk up to Absolute Eyewear, you get to see my face, which is probably bad for business, but maybe it's good for business. Open five days a week, closed on Wednesdays and Sundays. Why are they closed on Wednesdays? Softball. Why are they closed on Sundays? NFL. There you go. Um... And that's how it is. So, Absolute Eyewear, 732-326-3937. Ladies and gentlemen, the following brands of eyeglasses are available at Absolute Eyewear. Ray-Ban, Coach, Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, Maui Jim, and Costa Del Mar. So that's it, Bob Shepard doing the classic Absolute Eyewear ad, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, 732-326-3937. Go there, they'll take care of you, they know what the hell they're doing, and you don't feel like a jerk-off when you leave. All right, so now, Jimmy's bookings. I know that's my favorite part that Chris does, he just says you don't feel like a jerk-off, which you do feel when you walk out of a store sometimes. All right, we're going in order here of my bookings, and this is going to be a weird, kind of a weird... Uh, uh, list here. I don't know. Maybe we'll get them all in. The first one is Rescue Me with Dennis Leary. Probably one of the top five gigs I had. It was uh, three episodes. Um, I played um, uh, I played a different shift than the Dennis Leary, the, the main characters. And we were the older guys who drank on the job. And they were trying to make this whole point about the older firemen used to drink at the firehouse and then go fight fires. They didn't get trashed, but they had some beers every now and then. More than every now and then. Um, so we played the guys who still were old school. We drank, and the city was cutting down on that. And uh, it was awesome because Dennis Leary couldn't have been cooler. Very involved with the show. I love that. Like, Well, it's like the Jimmy Palumbo show. I'm involved with it. But I love when you see a big star, and he's like, when they're shooting, he's just not reading his lines. He's like, he made corrections. He said, why are we saying it like this? He made changes. Uh and it was nice. Like, he was Tom Brady. He was, this is, I'm, I'm running the show here. And, Didn't he uh, write the show, though? 
Well, he upright it, but he had, he had strong producers, but they had like a working relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, matter of fact, the producers are great guys. They've hired me a few times, but it was like I love that. Like, no, the lead of the show wants you know want, had a question and they they got the answer for him. I've always um, been hot and cold on him because he's a Red Sox guy. Yeah, I, I so I, I I typically just automatically hate anybody that likes Boston until they win me over. I um. I don't. I get that. I don't mind him though. I don't know why in regard to that, but I get it. You're Red Sox guy, um, but uh, the uh, as the place falls apart, <laughs> cables falling all over now, the place. Before you get back on track, I'm going to keep you off track for a second. Is is there an actor in this show that you also were in another show with that you had kind of an issue with, or am I mis misplacing no, no, my no. thought process? Uh, yes. Um, what's his name? The comic. Um, um, that you ended up calling out on an episode. Yes, it was. Uh, uh, I want to make sure I got, Lenny Clark. Yes, see, I knew I was right. Yes, but he, I, I did not work with him on the show. When you were when you brought up Rescue, yeah, Man, I was about to say, you know, we did this one already, but no, I didn't. I, we talked about a guy on that. Right, so Lenny back Clark. on, get back on track. Now. Um, yeah, first of all, while I was doing my ad, okay, this is another thing. I'm doing the absolute eyewear ad, and you actually were flicking I the Vince once. Lombardi a bobblehead. You don't find that a distraction? <laughs> Are you well, I me? was fixing it. No, you were. You were because it's off. I'm it in broke. the middle of absolute. This broke eyewear, last week, so I'm you, fixing it. I know, but that, that's <laughs> you don't. Okay, if you read a book about radio or podcasting, number eighty-five says. Don't, I actually read a book. You did about podcasting. Did I didn't read mention, it. I listened to it. Did audiobook. they mention don't flick a bobblehead while the other guy's talking? It wasn't in the. It wasn't, wasn't in, in there. there. Can we add that to the text? Call, can you call the publisher of the book? But you know what else they said? Don't have the. Other producer that doesn't really actually produce anything just get leaves. walk in and out of the room. Yes, they also don't want you to deliver lunch mid recording. Right, so there's a lot. We have some things to iron out this week. Um, anyway, rescue me. But the funny thing about rescue me, I'm not going to mention any of the actors' names. Um, I'll mention my my one guy Harry. But um, you know, we had a lot of downtime as you have on set. So three or four of us were sitting around and a bunch of guys, and we're sitting there talking. Uh, um, uh, about you know uh, this girl that girl back in the day how, how we partied you know a bunch of old guys and so we were talking about like you know chicks and booze and normal like you know just guy talk nothing if somebody was talking about hooking up they didn't get you know into detail just about yeah I met this girl one time down in shore blah 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 so the fourth guy finally like adds in and I gotta make sure I make this family style but he got like really graphic like I was with this girl and we do it and it was like so even for three other guys it was so inappropriate it was like like nobody wants to hear like the graphic details of it so I inside I, I was like oh my god this, this is creepy I don't want to listen to this and as soon as he walked away I immediately the guy Harry looked at me and he was like dude what was that all about I don't want to hear that it was so disgusting um, he's probably the only one laughing at that because um, I just decided that I was gonna say what the graphic details were but it's not, that, it's not that kind of show. So, uh, but if you go to Patreon someday, I'll yeah. be able to, <laughs> and send me two dollars a month, I'll call you up and say what the guy said. That is the move, though. The other less is more on Patreon. There you go. The other funny thing was on Rescue Me was uh, so uh, my boy had to do a line, and the line was something like, "Jesus Christ, why are you doing that?" Things was like that, and uh, so we do the scene, and it gets to him, and he just goes. Uh, why are you doing that? And he doesn't say Jesus Christ. And I don't even notice it. Nobody knows. But the script supervisor says, hey, you know, make sure the line is Jesus Christ. Why are we doing that? So we do another take. And he's like, ah, why are you doing that? He doesn't say it again. And the script supervisor, no, it's, it's Jesus Christ, blah, blah, blah. 
So we go to do it again, and he's like, and Dennis literally looks at him and goes, dude, say the lines. Jesus Christ, why are we doing that? And he's like, ah, well, you know what? I, my mother watches the show. She's Irish Catholic. She doesn't really like to take the Lord's name in vain. And I, I thought he was kidding at one point because we just had this graphic discussion. He let that slide. So Dennis Wait, like, he's the same guy that... One of the four guys. He but was, he wasn't the one talking. No, no. He, right, he was right. one of the... You know, so we had the guy talk. So so Dennis Leary's like, well, dude, just, you know, just say the line. You got to say it as it. So he's like, uh, shakes his head. All right, do another take. And he goes like... Uh, what are we doing now? And Dennis Leary yells like, "Cut!" He's like, "Dude, you gotta say Jesus, gotta say Jesus Christ." So like the next take, he said it like this. He was like, "Ah, Jesus Christ! What are we doing now?" You know, he belted out the second part. And Dennis Leary was like, "No, louder! We can't hear it." He made the guy actually say like, "Jesus Christ! What are we doing now?" And as soon as he got done, Dennis Leary they yelled, "Cut!" He goes, uh, "For the rest of the time, you're a cellular hero. We got you on tape." And he was like getting off on it, laughing at him. Of course, everybody was laughing, but he was like mortified that he had to say. Now, is that something that's I, some typical? Guys, some there's some Irish families that you can curse, yeah. but you can't. Look, I understand. Just, no, I understand all that, but we're talking about your job, right? Acting. But he felt that it was a throwaway line, and he could change it without. But it didn't go. But to this day, I was like, "This guy's gonna." Matter of fact, he's probably he's a listener. He'll laugh his ass off at that. But yes, he now is officially on film saying that. So that's my rescue. Oh, so the person that I'm ju I was just talking bad about is a friend of mine. Is a friend of yours. It's okay. Sorry, buddy. And he's a director too, and a good good actor, and he hires me sometimes. Um, the other show is, and this is classic, and this is going to sound so. I, people are going to give me shit for this, and I don't care. Show called Canterbury's Law, um, directed by this guy, Jace Alexander, who is the husband of my wife in Beer League. Um, great director. Um, and uh, show called Canterbury's Law, and I don't remember it. I remember booking it. I, don't I think I played a detective. I don't remember what I did. I don't even remember it was. I think it was in New York. And. I haven't booked enough work. Like, this is sad that I don't remember the booking. I don't have enough of them to not remember one of them. They're all like your kids at one point, you know. But I don't remember. So if anybody remembers a show called Canterbury's Law, please send us a text and bust my ball. The other one show I did was a show called Fringe. Do you remember that show? Yeah. Okay. Funny thing about that show was it was with the, that guy Victor Williams. That's like a alien type show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a pretty big, pretty big hit. There. It was definitely a good show. I, that was on my for run the, of like for that genre. Like Rescue Me and Fringe were big shows. Not really my type of show, but Me neither, for but that it was, it was a big yes, show. Yes, um, had uh, Victor Williams who played the friend on King of Queens, a black guy who works oh, with. Yeah, uh, so um, he was there, which was cool. But the weird thing was, we shot shot it downtown, um, and uh, it was literally. Eight degrees out, and our uh, they were shooting outside, and my trailer was like seven blocks away. They do that sometimes; they have to shove the trailers far away from the actual set. And uh, so, uh, but my scene, I had a hat on, a, just a vest with like a sweater, right? Now I noticed the crew had on like Michelin Man uh, outdoor suits, like fully. It was bitter cold and we were shooting outside but normally you shoot outside for a minute then they have a little holding area you keep warm for it well you know you can you can manage it so there was a million extras and a lot of actors on the set and next thing you know i'm in the middle of the street and i'm supposed to play this uh construction guy let him know that this uh, explosion is going to go off and i don't get the proper i had no gloves 
I had uh, uh, I had um, work boots on. I had no long johns on. I had nothing, nothing on my head. So I was like, all right. And it was like one of the. I'm not lying. It was like ten degrees, which is listen. I'm not saying it was you know. No, ten degrees cold. is ten and, degrees is cold. And it was windy, but, but it, the weird thing was it was bright sunshine, but windy and ten degrees. You know, remember you know days like that. Yeah. So what happens is, when I'm on a set, I always try to like, I always try to tough it out like. Even though it, yeah, until you're freezing cold and right. there's really nothing you can't well, speak, was, you can't function. I assumed that I was in between takes, or like I thought it was going to be like half hour out there, and then I go to some place where there's a heater to warm up, go back out. Nothing. So I'm out there ten minutes, twenty minutes, half hour, forty minutes, and they had to yell to get them. To, they had a fake explosion go off way down the street, and all of a sudden, about I guess it was about an hour in, I started to go like, "Hey, man, I am really cold." And I didn't have lines. I was almost part of the uh, extras at that point. And um, I, I didn't panic, but I was like, I, like my my hands, I, I was like, this is unhealthy. One of those days where Eyewitness News says, please stay indoors, you know, make sure your parents have heat, that kind of thing. So I guess about an hour in, I am like, now I'm like panicked. Like, I'm, 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 am I going to lose toes out here? Like, you know, I'm freezing. And some PA comes over to me. She goes, Jimmy, uh, wait, you're, you're, you're a guest star on this. I said, yeah. She goes, Where's your jacket? I'm like, I don't know. Nobody gave me one. She was like, oh, my God. She screamed. They literally halted production. Jimmy Palumbo does not have a jacket. They wrapped you in a blankie. They sent me to my trailer. Gave you some hot tea. They realized that I really wasn't in the scene. It was way in the back anyway. They sent me to my trailer to warm up. The girl, I heard the girl like his lips are turning blue, his cheeks are all red. I was like, my ears were. I feel like I was skiing. Were you like, no, no, I'm good. No, well, I'm trying I, to act tough. You know what? <laughs> oh no, I'm fine. But, uh, the girl came up to me. I was like, no, she could tell there was no getting out of this. You are freezing your ass off, getting. And then the next day, we ended up at Fort Totten, which is a fort over by uh, in Queens over there, where my dad used to play um, uh, baseball a hundred years ago, like in the fifties. And he used to always talk about Charlie Zirkelback in a huge bomb at Fort Totten. And um, I remember if I called him from the set, I go, Dad, I'm at Fort Totten. He's like, what are you doing there? I've been there in 50 years. I'm like, yeah. He goes, all right, you buy the fields? I said, Dad, there's two fields. Right, there's two fields there. Now look at the left field line. It should be a fence. It's a double fence. I go, yeah, we're still there. I go, yeah. He goes, that's where Charlie Zirkelback hit the home run. I was like, <laughs> oh, my. I got to see it live. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, so we ended up in these had these like catacombs there, because that fort was actually like a Revolutionary War fort or something or Civil War whatever it was a long time ago, and then we were in caves and again cold, damp. It wasn't ten degrees; it was like thirty degrees, and the poor kid in the creepy scene he had to have like no shirt on, and we were and we had like it was it was wet in there, it was dark, it was dirty, and this poor kid had to have like his underwear and no shirt on. And a couple of takes, he had to wait standing there. And he was only like 15 years old. And uh, I was like, I was like, dude, I, uh, can I help you? Can I get a blanket or something? You know. And after like 45 minutes, they finally gave him something. But uh, so all I remember about Fringe is that everyone froze their ass. You're on the fringe of death. I was on the fringe of death. <laughs> um, so anyway, but I do appreciate casting directors Tucker Meyerson for hiring me. They've casted me a bunch of times. The other funny thing. These are little tidbits on shows. I find funny, but maybe you guys don't. Um, I did Ugly Betty. Now, when I booked it, it was only two lines. And usually if, the, if there's not enough lines in it or it's a small part, my agents actually um, will tell me to uh, uh, not go in on, on the audition if it's too small. 
This was the last season of Ugly Betty, show like number 17 out of 23. And my agent goes to me, Jimmy, I'm a fan of Ugly Betty. Do you know what kind of show it is? I'm like, yeah, is it about fashion in New York? He goes, yes. You have never been right for any role. For this. They don't hire Jimmy Palumbo's for this this kind of show. So why don't you just take it, take the money? So I had like two lines. And the lines were like, all right, let's get a move on. Like I was just like directing like human traffic kind of deal. The worst thing is the camera angle they chose, okay, was like low to high. They, 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 I've never felt so fat in my life. It was like on my chin, my neck. And I, the, the angle that they used, I look on my big flat screen, I would say, 75% of the screen was my neck. And you can even tell that I didn't shave well that morning. I was like, so when I watched it, I was like, oh my God, this is like just my giant. It was not Ugly Betty anymore. It was, it was fat, fat, ugly Jimmy. ugly Jimmy cop guy. Oh my God, it was so awful. And Judith Light was the girl from Who's the Boss? The blonde the blonde lady on Who's the Boss? Angela? Yeah. Um, she was there. And she had, we actually have a common friend, a guy I live with, knew her. She was sweet. But like... No one knew shooting it. And I believe me, I did not act like I was a, you know, a big shot at all. I knew it was two lines, paycheck, get out of there. And I still get residuals since that day. But uh, So if, you, if you, anybody watches, you, all you see is my neck. I look like no-neck Williams. No, but uh, it's just fat. It's just awful. The other show I did, and this is good for you, you MMA crap, uh, even though he's not really MMA, but he's involved with it. Uh, I did a show called How to Make It in America. Um, and it's with, it was with Brian, uh, Brian, Brian Grossling, whatever his name is. Uh, and Chuck Zito was the other guy in it. Little show on HBO. And here's the only thing I remember. Okay. And this is just, I, I think I'm now, first I'm on a cold thing. Now I'm on a fat thing. It's, we shot it in a real deli in New York. So it smelled like a Taylor ham, egg and cheese sandwich. Right. And we were in the deli for 12 hours. And it was a real dust. So what do they have in the deli, right? And it was like, they kept the stuff on the shelf. Entenmann's, Yodel's. Now, okay, coffee they gave you, not from the deli, even though I thought the deli coffee was going to be better. They were bringing in coffee to me. So now I have coffee, and I wasn't allowed to touch anything in the deli because if you take a Yodel off the shelf, that could screw up the edit. You have to be, you have to fill it back in. So I don't know if anybody can appreciate this. Picture being inside a deli. Or like really like I don't know, like one of those bodegas really, that with the smell of of bacon egg and cheese sandwiches, and all around you every kind of bad product that you want to eat, yodels, ring beans, those apple pies which actually I think if you eat three of them you drop dead on the spot, um, all kinds of those flavored drinks, milkshakes, yoo-hoo bottles all over, and I remember I literally lost my mind to the point where when they, when they yelled it's a wrap. The owner was there. I went up to him. I was like, hey, you open now? He goes, yeah, I'm open. <laughs> I bought like six yodels, ring beans. I can't remember anything else about me. I guess it's like if you're an alcoholic and they make you hang out in a liquor store for 12 hours. I was losing my mind. I was, and finally, I got myself. They had everyone. I got like a Drake's cake, good coffee cake. So on the way home, I had like white powder all over my face. And it wasn't the 80s. I wasn't in Miami. Uh, so that's all I remember about how to make it in America. I still I get... Those are the lowest residual checks. I literally make a dollar ten a year. What channel did that air on? Was that a? I think it was HBO. Yeah, 
That was with a kid that was... Yeah, I forget his name. Is he young? He's, he's still acting He's now, doing good now, he's I think, with good, a couple other things. But that was actually a pretty good show. I know. I people thought. liked it. I didn't think... It was, I watched a few episodes. It was... I almost wonder. I was like, is this a documentary or is this he like a real... Yeah, it was kind of like an entrepreneur selling shit out of his trunk type deal. Okay. I can't believe now. Whether you... I know I didn't mention this show before. The fact you're the only person in the world that knows... That show. I mean, I've, every time I say how to make it in America, no one like. I don't know, I don't know. The fact you kind of remember what it was about, I give you. You know what? I can't give you shit the rest of the show, even though you hit the bobblehead um, during my my live read. I can't believe you know that show. The other one it, it is a big show um, called uh, Blue Bloods. I think I've mentioned this on the show, and if I have, I'm repeating myself. God bless America. But uh, it was with. Uh, uh, Stephen uh, Stephen Gyllenhaal directed it. I think his sister's a big actor too. I love her in a lot of stuff. Actually, she's great. Stephen or Jake? I, uh, well, there's three of them. There's Jake. Th- Stephen is not. And the then famous Maggie. One. Maggie and Jake are the, okay. are the actors. He. But he when you said actors. his sister's a famous actor, I figured you might have said his sister and. No, no, no. no. That's I why get, I was, was curious. Getting to that, uh, the two of them. Um, but he directed it, and uh, it was with Donnie Wahlberg, Tom Selleck, and Jennifer Esposito were in my scene. Um, and I remember getting impressed by Donnie Wahlberg because I was Googling him. And everybody, you know, these these boy band guys, everybody thinks like, ah, no talent. And then you really look, when you really look about what they did, listen, whether or not you like that music or whether or not you respect him or whatever. But these guys were doing live shows. Now, I know they weren't like four-hour shows, and I know they were only doing maybe four or five songs, but... They were doing like every basketball arena for two years, dancing. Are you talking about the new kids on the block? Yeah, yeah. Dancing, singing. Uh, uh, they were popular paparazzi stuff, circus. Uh, I'm dating myself. Teen magazine crap you got to deal with. And even though now that it's like years ago, how about this? They would still sell out arenas. New kids they, on the well, block. They have. They have. They, yeah. They do it now. And I, I really look back and I'm like, you know what? I wasn't a fan of new kids. I was too old for that kind of thing. So, you know, one song I think I thought was okay, but um. I remember going like this guy, they're like acting like, oh, the guy from New Kids on a Block is on Blue Bloods. I'm like, you know what? He's every bit of professional as Tom Selleck, me, or any other jerk off actor in the city, you know, who does three lines on Law and Order. This guy is a professional entertainer. You know what I mean? And I think he's awesome on the show, and I think he's, I think he's better than his brother as an actor. I really, I do, do too. Honestly, there's something about him I like. Um, but. Uh, so we're doing the scene, and the weirdest thing was, I have to walk by, to me this is a cool story. First of all, and I think I've told this on the show, and if I'm repeating myself, it's okay. Um, I've been most uh, intimidated on the set was when I was with Tom Selleck. I mean, this was Tom Selleck, man. The mustache, the big barrel chest, he's tall, he's just a badass. And he's friendly, and he's nice, but he's Tom Selleck. He's like, he's got a deep voice, he's like, this guy is the man, you know what I mean? And uh, so I was sitting there going like, oh my God, I just got intimidated. It happens, you just freeze. And I had it, so we did a couple rehearsals and the scene was that I am in charge of all the detectives and Brooklyn South. And one of them got injured, Donnie Wahlberg got injured in an explosion. So I'm there to check on my guys. Tom Selleck is there. He's the captain of the whole New York City Police Department. He's there to check on his son. So we were doing the scene, though. I was, like, stepping back, letting Tom Selleck talk, like, with my body language. So after, like, three takes, he goes, hey, Jimmy, uh, listen to me. Um, you know, I'm here as a father. This is, your, this is your command unit. 
and I, I, and I know how the command unit works as my, his character. And I would never, this is your show here. I'm here as a dad. But then in the middle of it, the dialogue turns to what's going on here. We're having bombings in the city. And he goes, and at that point, I'll step up because now we're talking about New York City's being bombed a lot. And what now it's my show. But in the beginning, it's your show. And it was really a wonderful note because it made me be more assertive. So we did like, I don't know how many takes, 20, 30, whatever. But I had to come in, take my hat, put my hat underneath um, my arm, and I was uh, saluting some of the other uh, detectives and cops that got hurt in the bombing. So I was perfect the whole time. I saluted, good salute, took my hat off, put it under my arm, started talking to Wahlberg. Somewhere like on the 13th take, I don't take my hat off, which means they can't use the take when we're gathered around because my hat's going to, if they cut away, my hat's going to, you know, so right in the middle of the take, which you're not supposed to, I went, oh, I didn't take my hat off. It means I'm yelling cut. And as an actor, somebody else yells cut, not you. And um, the guy, I heard the, the director came out, really the first AD came out, what happened? I was like, oh, I didn't take my hat off. And he was like, oh. like they were a little aggravated. Now I'm like, now I'm like, oh my God. I just, you know, now, now, you know, it's like taking a punch in boxing. I'm like, oh shit, what am I going to do? So we have to walk back to our mark because I walked in with Tom Selleck. And I just said, hey, Tom, I'm sorry. I, I just forgot to take the hat off. The only time I forgot. He looks at me, he goes, no, 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 it's happened. You did the right thing by, by, um, by stopping that because that take would have been unusable because your hat and was. It was just wasted time. Right. And then he goes, and believe me, Someone in Video Village, which is everybody watching the monitors, he goes, someone over there should have yelled cut well before you did. So he's basically telling me, listen. Like, you fucked you up. You fucked up, but, but they should have caught it. definitely also Should have caught up. it walking down the hallway. Yeah. So he's had you know. So I saw it. So of course, I nailed the next scene. But I was like, I got to, inside, I was shivering. Like, Jimmy, you can't fumble your lines on this. Uh, but I thought I nailed it pretty well. It's another show is supposed to be called back on, be used a bunch, but, but you changed. left. You had to leave that hat on, bro, they, and they, then yell cut. That's right. And they also changed writers. The main head writers were changed because they didn't notice the hat and was they, left on, so everyone got canned. So yeah, just like that. But the residual effect is that Jimmy Palumbo was only on three episodes, and I was let go, as they say. So that's my Blue Bloods, which is great because that's the over sixty, and that's it. So my shows today were Rescue Me, Canterbury's Law, Fringe, Ugly Betty, How to Make It in America, and Blue. Well, Bloods. we got enough time. You want to just say the rest, all of your bookings, so we can make it a forty-four hour episode instead of a two-hour episode, like we're about to. See, have. that's not fair. That's not fair. <clears throat> we forgot to mention. Uh, well, now it's a perfect time since I should sue you for bankruptcy, which because someday that could happen here. Who do we call? That's right. We call attorney at law, Warren Brumell. And the good thing about Warren Brumell is, okay, he's an attorney at law, and he is a debt relief, debt relief agency that helps people file for relief under the bankruptcy code. Now, I had to say that last line because that's the legal ease. You have to say that. But Warren's been doing this for like 35 years, okay? And he helps people rebuild their financial lives. Uh, he's located in Keyport, New Jersey, but he handles all of New Jersey. And it's all Zoom now. Everything's Zoomed. He can Zoom you in, blah, blah, blah. And if you mention our show, you get a free, that's right, a free initial consultation here when you mentioned the Jimmy Palumbo show um, and Warren like I said he's been doing this for 35 years and he's he's literally he's, he's processed and filed over 10,000 bankruptcy cases okay uh, great guy and um, uh, 
he is now a advertiser on our show, but he also does the good thing. His firm, they now they only handle bankruptcies. Okay, he's not a jack of all trades lawyer. He'll be doing a divorce one minute, and next minute he's doing a personal personal injury case. Although I could have used every one of these, then all, all these jack of all trades I could have used. Um, funny thing is, I probably will end up using Warren uh, bankruptcy. Um, maybe Chris and Dave. <laughs> Everybody's gonna, eventually everyone needs Warren when you file for bankruptcy. Um, but he makes the process simple and affordable. He's got payment plans. Uh, the number is 732-264-3400 or more importantly, www.keyportlaw.com. You go on that website, they got everything there, stuff to fill out, stuff to inquire and all that kind of stuff. Now, listen, um, the, the bottom line is bankruptcy will stop foreclosures, repossessions, wage garnishments, bank levies, all that kind of stuff. And uh, that's, what, that's what Warren does. He gives you advice on all of that. You can go check out his five-star reviews on Google. Or better yet, you can go to avvo.com, the lawyer review site. I'm sure there's some really funny ones on there because sometimes lawyers, uh, they take a beating, and I'm sure on that review site. But he's got tons of five-star reviews. Um, I only wrote 12 of them. No, that's not true. He's got tons of good five-star reviews on there. And uh, like I said, uh, Warren Brumel. Uh, keyportlaw.com that's where you want to go for all your bankruptcy needs that's all he does that's what he does all righty all right we're going to close out the show here now of course i am i'm on my way to a wedding my good friend uh, brian shevlin uh his kid benjamin's getting married to elsa so a shout out to benjamin and elsa it's over at the crystal palace over there in livingston it's a monday night wedding um you know, I started first. I was like Monday night wedding. Who gets married on a Monday night? I don't. I don't really know the reason. Uh, but then I started thinking, if it's on a Saturday, it ruins your whole weekend. So, and I'm during the football season. I watch Monday night football, so there's no football season right now. So this is like I want to be able to go and drink and eat and party with my friends. And like I'm watching Monday night football in the early '80s when I could go out on a Monday and drink and watch Monday night football. Um, so I'm going to Brian and Elsa's wedding. Um, and uh, that should be a good time. We'll be hanging out with my cousin John and some other people. So a big shout-out to them. Congratulations. That's our show. We did go a little long today, but uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. And I'll see you next week with a very special guest. Where have you come from? Where have you gone? Where have you